Hey guys, and welcome to Personality Bingo with me, your host, Tom Moran. So this week on the podcast, we have the brilliant Ashling O'Mara. Ashling is an actor and a writer. She has some brilliant stuff coming up right now at the first Fortnite Festival. It's a new play of hers called Nothing But A Toe Rag. It premiered uh, at the Axis in Ballymun a little while ago, and now it's going to be in the Smock Alley Theatre from the 7th to the 12th of January. There's a matinee there on the Saturday the 12th to at 2pm. Other shows are at 8pm, and I really recommend you go. I'm going to be there. It's starring the brilliant Danny Galligan, um, who obviously is a great friend of mine great friend of the show and I hope you go and check that out as well as that Ashling, I mean she's worked all over the place she's worked with the brilliant Anu Theatre uh, with Louise Lowe and their site specific stuff uh, as well as all across the main venues in Dublin um, from We Can't Have Monkeys in the House by the brilliant Kira Smith uh, at the Abbey Theatre for the 24 hour plays hers was directed by Stephanie Preisner which is particularly cool and she was also in the excellent Fierce Notions if I may say so myself because that was where me and Ashling met um, and that show was by obviously the incredibly talented Fiona Foley so as you can see uh, her CV and her uh, range of work is, is just kind of top notch and um, she's a gem of a person as well so if you're listening Ashling, thanks so much for taking the time to do it so guys without further ado please enjoy the brilliant Ashling O'Mara playing personality bingo with Tom Moore. Tom Ashing O'Mara, ready to play personality bingo? Yes. <laughs> all right, sweet. So um, a quick explanation. I used to say explainer of how it all works. I made up my okay. own word. A quick explainer of how it all works. I make up loads of words. It's great, isn't it? We need <laughs> we need our own dictionaries. Um, so I've got 60 minutes on the clock. Um, and there is a real clock. I know. Wow. Mind blown. Mind blown. It's all real in here. Uh, 60 minutes on the clock. Um, 60 balls in here and 60 corresponding questions. I've also given you... Five numbers in that sheet there. Would you do me a favour and read out the five? One. Yep. 52. Okay. 17. Right. 40. Yes. 42. Nice one. Okay, do me another favour. Pick out a sixth number. Something between one and 60 that's not already there. What are you going for? 14. 14. Any reason? I'm born on the 14th. Ah, nice. I'm uh, born, born on the 14th. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, sweet. <clears throat> um, and I should say that if all them numbers come out, that means the tables are turned. You'll be the first ever guest to win and you get to ask me any question in the whole entire world. Oh my God, amazing. All okay. right, sweet. Let's give it a spin. All right. <laughs> I know it's so pathetic when you see it actually spinning in real life. That's funny. Yeah, it's a bit gas. All right, here we go. Number 11. Do you have it? Nope. No worries. Number 11. Do you have a role model? Yeah, probably my mom. Mm. Yeah, like, yeah. If I still have any problem, I go straight to my mom. Right. So I think my role model would probably be my mom. What, like, are, are you very similar or is it kind of chalk and cheese sort of thing? We're so alike mm. that we bicker, like, unbelievable. Yeah. Like, we're just really, really alike. So we kind of fought a lot when I was older, <clears throat> younger. Mm. And then as I got older, we've got much closer. Mm. But yeah, I'd probably say my mom. I'm very like her, but she's so kind. And she just do anything for you. But she's also a bit gas. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, do you know, I'm not at all surprised. Like, uh, this is a weird thing to say, but, like, you seem like someone who would be close to their mom or something. <laughs> no, but just something about, like, people, like, because there's, there's a lovely, like, strength to you as a person. And I feel like, like, that, I mean, that could come from anything, I suppose. But, like, it doesn't surprise me that you're, that you're, you're saying that. Like, it, it's, is it, um, 
when when you look back at the times when you were bickering or whatever, when when you were younger, like what was it that thing of just purely clashing heads because your perspectives were so similar, or what was the? I think it was I was like young, trying to be cool, mm. um, you know, as anyone was, like. I was I was a bitch at home. I used to rob my sister's clothes. I used to pretend I didn't. Like I I was terrible. Like mm. I was the nightmare. Right. <laughs> but then I got better. But like that kind of stuff we would have bickered over. And then we got a bit older. We bickered still a little bit. I wasn't going through a very good time mm. in my personal life. And I think sometimes you take it out on the person you love the most, which would have been my mom. Totally. Like that that's what I did. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny because like I was thinking about that too because. Like you know, we're both nice people, absolutely. Oh, yeah. But like, Close if I, if I, yeah, but <laughs> but if I'm gonna, like, if I'm gonna blow out with someone, it's definitely like only gonna be with someone I love so much that I'm super comfortable with, or will let you get away with it. Right. There's 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 something about the you only really lose it with someone if they kind of let you get away with it. Mm. Like the repercussions are bad, but they're not as bad as if I lost it with you right now. You'd be like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, I just like great. I don't need to be like. Whereas, yeah, like I could be. Oh, I just never see you again. And when I do, That's I it. leave. <laughs> <laughs> but but like yeah, with, with your mom, I mean, like there is that thing of like you're kind of like just totally linked forever. Yeah, yeah. Like that must be what's so hard if someone like falls out with a, a parent because you know the way you hear those stories. We were hearing the, like it's so funny you say that. We were listening to these things the other day about like families not talking to each other brothers mm. and sisters and I'm like I couldn't imagine that mm. I just personally couldn't imagine that for one I can't have a fight with someone for too long because I get a bit like oh, love me love me mm. uh, but also I just can't see why family would fight nothing like blood is thicker than water so yeah that's what I think yeah yeah no I get it and what would like wait, do you because I have a similar thing with my mom. I'd say we like we're very similar as well, and we got much closer as we got older. Do you, because the fights with your mom used to be more frequent? If you do fight now, are they massive, or is that just not a thing that happens anymore? No, they're not massive anymore. We'll have a bicker, like we'd have a bicker on the phone, mm. and one of us will hang up, and then whoever hung up will ring back and say sorry. Right. She threw me out of a car once. Really? Yeah, in leak slip. Uh, on the side of the road uh, when I was 16. At 16. I pushed it too far, I pushed it too far. <laughs> and, uh, that, that happened to me all the time as a kid. Oh my God, she just threw me out of the car and I was like, what am I meant to do? I'm in leak slip. Yeah. Like the back air is a leak slip. Yeah. But yeah, she came back. Good. <laughs> they always come back. All right, here we go. Let's give it a minute. All right, number 24. Do you have it? 24, I don't. No. No worries. Number 24, the question is, what is your definition of success for yourself? I think it would have to be stability, happiness, and just being creatively filled. Mm. Um, money's always good, but money can come from anywhere. But if it's not creatively filled for me, I seem to go down mm -hmm. personally, mm. Uh, maybe in my head as well. Um, you do want to be secure, you know, and you just want to be happy. Mm. And only you can make yourself happy. Yeah. It's a funny thing in what we do because I'm, truth be told, going through a time where, like, for the first time in a in a long, like, in a, certainly over a year, well over a year, I don't really feel, I'm not, I, I'm not working, so I don't feel, like, creatively fulfilled in that way. But that's always fine because that's, like, part of being an actor. But then, you know, I, like, love to write and right now it's just not coming for me and I totally relate. I, like, I feel every, I actually think I'm a little bit depressed right now 
and I don't even mean that I'm suffering with depression. It's just like everything just has like a hum of monotony and like dullness That's to it. So hard. When it's, it's so like hard. It's isn't so it? hard. And I, I don't like. And I'm really trying to like pull myself out. And I'm like eating well and I'm exercising and I'm trying to meet up with friends and I'm sitting down to write every day and it's just like it's not happening there doesn't I would stop pushing yourself I know I don't know what to do I'd kind of be like okay you know three times a week but don't push yourself every day this Mm. has to be done you're going to drive yourself crazy I know I am you also be kind to yourself Mm. eat something rotten yeah. Watch The Simpsons. <laughs> like I know. Yeah. It, it's so hard because you're like you're, you're you're like doing the right thing and you're yeah, like that's yeah. not working and then like yeah you, you like because I ha- I definitely have been doing that and like just like mm. overindulging in other things and you're like okay well that's yeah it's just funny but then like then you there's also no trick. there's no that's trick the thing. there's no yeah. trick yeah I think what's nice about like for me with even whatever work I've been doing like I just have a good perspective on it being like oh yeah this is just like this is just like a little tough moment and that's okay it's gonna pass but um yeah it's funny so like and in those moments for you when you find yourself in in those like because speaking about the creativity one in particular just because it's so it's so fascinating and we have that in common what 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 are your tactics or what do you do usually so I work another job I work in Topshop which is which is great but I can just fall into that Mm. and I can feel myself fall into routine and my mood will just start to sink right so it's the same thing of trying to get yourself out of it Mm. I do the exact same as you um, I'll start trying to exercise more, eat healthy more. Um, but I will start to write. Yeah. And I will start to meet friends and kind of do that. But then I learned now, because I'm what, out of college, maybe three and a half years. It happens. It's the business. So every time now I can look at it and go, okay, that's what that is. That's okay. Park it and keep continuing to live. Totally. Meet your friends. Not even friends, just in the business. Meet your friends. Spend yeah. time with your family. Those are the times that I feel now is how I'm justifying it, is that there are the times where I'm going to meet up with my family and have family time. Because you're going to miss weddings. You're going to miss communions, birthdays. You're going to miss these kind of moments. So take that time to go, oh, this is family moment. Mm. It's lovely. And then in terms of like, in in terms of, because that was, a, it was a really good answer, like right off the bat, like the three, it was, it was happiness, um, creativity, and the third one was, was stability. Stability, I think. right? Um, what degree? Because if let me try and awkwardly link them into one cool. question, what degree does you're happy when you're creative? And in times in what we do, there is great times of creative stability. For example, you're you're in the middle oh, of yeah. a run now. So when that goes, so when the stability goes as a result of creativity in that way is gone, where do you get your happiness from then or is that a struggle? It's a very good question. Yes, I think this year I've kind of planned ahead. Usually I've been, um, with this year I've started writing. It's a different thing. Right. You're always continuously planning ahead. Mm. I've just started a company. <laughs> Scary. But uh, there's always stuff to do. So I've put my focus into that. Mm. So I think when I was just acting, I'd fall back there and I'd be like, there's nothing I can do, it's out of my control. So I've decided, I guess, that to take control of it. Right. Do you know, um, obviously I'll take any other work that comes, you know, in different ways. Mm. But if it suits me, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. We don't have a lot of control in this business. So when we do, it's it's nice to kind of go, okay, no, I can do that, or that works there, or that works there, and that will sit in there. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes total sense. Yeah, you know? like I know it's for the first time. Like that, and that's what's so funny about it. Because for the, for me, like it was like the first time 
uh, like really ever as a as a like a professional actor where I've started like saying no to professional acting gigs I was like oh yeah I could I could do that and but I, it wouldn't fulfill me in in the right way and like but it's scary because then you have to it's like now the like period right now I'm like well I wouldn't feel like this if I was doing one of them jobs but I'd feel a different kind of thing you have to learn to say no yeah you do and like it doesn't like just because you're offered a gig doesn't mean you're going to love every gig mm. do you know which is which is okay it's totally normal but if you go, oh no, I'm going to be really unhappy going in there every day. Don't take it. Mm. Get money from somewhere else. I know. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. No, that, like, that, uh, that, that's taken me a long time to, like, realise and be okay with. Because on some level, like, I, and I know that this is not, like, the right way to look at it. But I know I did. I looked at it, like, being, like, I was, like, no, I would much rather be a working actor doing any working yeah. job. Even if it, like... Even if it was, and it wasn't like I had a snobbery towards doing something else, but I just, in my head, I've always wanted to be a working actor, and I didn't really mind what that looked like for the longest time. Whereas now I I do actually. I think you need to because I think if you're going into a job and it's purely just money, look, we've all done it before, Mm -hmm. but if you go into a job and you're like, oh, I really, really don't want to do this, I'm just thinking the money, you're kind of doing an injustice to the piece, Mm -hmm. you know, to the work, I feel. Mm -hmm. I think you kind of have to go in with like, Right, okay, it's not my favourite thing, but I can still I can still find the joy in this. But if you can't find the joy in it, get out of there. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think you're right. But it is. You're doing an injustice to everyone else mm-hmm. and to the piece. Yeah, I think you're right for sure. In terms of then the last part of that, which is the happiness, like aside from... Because obviously, like, you know, it, it obviously being creative is like so important to us um, what other places like and I get great happiness from when being creative what other places gives you that level of happiness or something comparable um, I get bet into TV shows mm. so right now I'm watching uh, Mad Men okay so on series 5 right so a happiness for me would be in a home watching that with a bueno <laughs> yeah like that is happiness and that's me. so simple like that's so, so simple attainable. and this is things where people are like oh you know shouldn't eat that and shouldn't eat that so what if it makes me happy I'm gonna eat it mm-hmm. <laughs> do you know what I mean like well to an extent but no you know like it's little things like that make me happy seeing my nieces and nephews makes me happy mm. do you know um, catching up my mom, catching up with the girls stuff like that makes you happy mm-hmm. like they're only little things but buying clothes I love clothes yeah like yeah so you talk about the day job in Topshop and like yeah. do, does that fulfill like that like that like love of clothes and stuff like that I'm lucky enough that I'm creative enough in there that they use me as a VM in there as well great. in the morning so like your visual merchandising and stuff uh. which is great and I've been there for about 12 years so so are you like dressing the mannequins and stuff like yeah, that yeah cool but no when I'm when I don't have time to do that like you have to be there really early in the morning to do that mm. then now I'm just like on the floor but on the floor still I'm just so used to being there like I really love it and they're really really good to me yeah for breaking me back down to an 8 hour contract when I have other work and give me time off so they're really brilliant I couldn't ask for more and okay I have some mannequin questions go on <laughs> do they change the mannequins clothes every day no okay like once a week uh, due to trends so whenever a new trend drops in something's a sellout um, and how do you not like how do they not, how do they detect a new trend oh like packages come in like oh. we, know, we know what the new trends are going to be sorry okay they have to be to your store so our mm. store will be different to Stephen's Green. To Stephen's Green will be different to Jervis because they're different customers. Right. Do you know what I mean? It's so interesting. What like have you? Do you do you have one story that's like a nightmare customer service story of someone who was just a cunt? 
Yeah. <laughs> so only a while ago, uh, actually I have two, which are pretty good. Only a while ago, there was some woman with her baby with the stroller and I was a supervisor and um, she wanted her money back in these pair of trousers. They were like 20 euro. Mm. And they're pretty well to do women. And there's a mom, two daughters and one of them has a baby. So anyway, that was grand. She wanted her money back. I said, unfortunately, we can't do that. You know, I can't resell them. They looked worn. And she just kind of went, you are the rudest person I have ever met. And I went, yeah, okay. And she's like, and you looked at my baby weird. <laughs> Swear to God, right? So I'm just like, sorry. The girl beside me starts bursting out laughing. I was like, stop. Sorry, what did you just say? And she's like, and you looked at my baby weird. And I was like, I don't think I acknowledged you had a baby. But uh, yeah, no problem. <laughs> and then just had to like, I got so embarrassed. I got so embarrassed because look, it's just easier to like sort it out. So I was like, look, it can exchange them, no problem. She's like, you're the rudest person I've ever met. I've won awards in there for being the best customer service they've ever had. I so it. I really don't think, no, no, she was, it was crazy. It was crazy. We had another woman in who um, had just got a boob job right, and wanted to flaunt it, let's say. And it was on a Tuesday morning. She went in anyway and she was like, give me this and get me this and get me this. She went in, she was trying on clothes and then she just, ah, this big scream. She'd ripped all her stitches. Oh, God. She'd ripped all her stitches, like in her new breast implants. So it keep her there. It was terrible. Like the ambulance had to come in. She's going out in an ambulance and she has her face covered and she goes, come here, will you hold that in a size six? <laughs> <laughs> we were like, yeah. <laughs> like gas. Oh my god! Gas, people are mad. Wait, but like, did like did did the did her inside of her boobs like I'm I'm imagining like her inside whatever they put in fake boobs is like spilling like there out. There was a lot of there was a lot of like blood and mm. like uh, liquid that came out. But like, there's obviously a thing that's like it's a I don't know. I don't have breast implants, but I know there's like a a solid thing that goes in. But there was a lot of blood and stuff. Like she'd ripped her whole stitches. It was oh, it was horrible. It was wow. Horrible. Okay. On that note. Let's <laughs> <do this> <laughs> All right, here we go. Number four, do you have it? No. No worries. Number four, the question is, do you consider yourself a jealous person? Yeah. Mm. I was going to lie there. <laughs> no, it, it, like, it's such it's, a... No, I am. I am. Yeah, wh- where does it, where does it like pop up for you? Because I know like, it's funny though, because jealous, like jealous has so many negative connotations to it, like in society, but like, it's a very human thing in loads of ways. Yeah. Where does it pop up for you? I'm very competitive. Right. I've always been really competitive. Mm. So I think for acting for me at times, you'd be like jealousy of like, oh, they got it, I didn't, as a competition. Mm. Right? <laughs> Which is ridiculous. And I've got it out of my head now, thank God. But I was really jealous at the start. You know, doing stupid things like not congratulating people or, mm. oh, congratulations. But now I mean it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because my experience of you would never, like, and obviously it maybe I don't know. Like, for, so here's a question. Is it different than with men and women? Like, is it is it a jealousy of people who are doing well or a jealousy of people who are doing things that you're like, I could be doing that? Oh, that's really interesting. Um, there's always a jealousy of someone who's getting really good parts. Right. There's some parts, obviously, you've watched and go, oh, I would have loved giving that a go. Mm. Do you know, like, there is some thing, excuse me, some things. Jealousy, funny enough, I, I used to get really jealous of Liam. Mm. In a, I can't play what Liam plays. I'm a girl. Mm-hmm. But it's that kind of relationship thing where he was doing so well. I used to, it used to remind me of my failures. Right. Which is a horrible sentence. And it took me maybe about six months to just knock that out of me. We're on different journeys. We're on completely different journeys. And that's okay. Mm. 
So I'd say the last year or so, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do what I do and everyone else does what they're doing. Third do. I just said third do. We're making up words. I love it. We said we'd make up words. We are making up words. Yeah. Oh, I make up loads of words. <laughs> but that must be tough in that sense of like, yeah, when, when the person who you love, because Liam's your boyfriend for mm. anyone who doesn't, obviously I know Liam well and Liam's been on the podcast, so people who listen to this probably do know Liam. But, um, but it must be hard when the person that you love is also reminding you of a part about yourself that like, I don't know, is like, troubling at the moment or whatever it is yeah it is because do you know what the problem is it's mm. because it's always in your house then so you can't even go home because we live together right. and it's gone because it's just always there or oh I'm getting seen for this you know you should email about getting I'm just like whoa I actually can't do this I've had a terrible terrible day mm. do you know or you, you come in and you're like I've just done a terrible audition oh I just can't audition for this you should and you're like oh, I really need to just shut this off right now Yeah, that kind of way mm -hmm. you just can't escape it now it's not his fault at all but it wasn't also my fault at all and it, then it just I just got better at it I guess mm. and stopped comparing and started probably being thankful for what I have mm -hmm. that's what you need to do is I realised someone had said to me I don't know who said it to me it was Dervla Karate Dervla Karate had said to me I was like oh when's it going to happen she's like it is happening mm. you're in the project right now doing a show mm. it is happening she was like enjoy it and I was like oh She's right. Because I kept thinking of something else, of something else. And I was never enjoying what I'm in at the time. Yeah. So now I've stopped doing that, thank God. And I'm not even religious. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Isn't it so funny the way we say it and we don't even... Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, hello, Mr. Magpie, how's your wife? Do you ever do that? I've heard of it. I don't do it. I'm not oh, a crazy yeah, person. I see one magpie, I say, hello, Mr. Magpie, how's your wife? <laughs> I love it. I can't believe I just did that. But, um, <laughs> sidetrack. <laughs> Magpies are God at the end. We, yeah. We, we, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I stopped enjoying what I was in. Mm. Do you know, I was always thinking of the next thing. When we did First Notions, right. it's probably one of the funnest things I've ever done. Yeah. First time I realised, oh, I want to do comedy or, you know, this is so much more fun to make people laugh mm. than make people cry. Or mm -hmm. Not that that's, you know, what we're trying to do, but it was, I really enjoyed it. Sure. And I remember that you and I talked the first week trying to get someone in. Do you remember you and I got obsessed with trying to get someone in? Oh, yeah. we I think we were talking about Maureen, think, yeah, my yeah. agent now. Yeah, 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 and, yeah. yeah. We were just like, oh, you know, or like getting casting agents in or getting, you know, and it's yeah. important to get people in. Totally agree. But that was a really special piece. piece. Mm. And I nearly lost sight of that. Right. Do you know that kind of way? Yeah. So in that way, that's pulled me back. Right. Yeah, no, I totally get you. But I, I mean, I think that is such what you said there, I think is so gorgeous and honest and like important because like I mean what you said like on the surface is like an ugly sentence of being like my, I was like I was jealous of my boyfriend's like successes were making me more um, conscious of yeah of my perceived failures yeah. but like that like that is such an honest thought and there's not one person listening who if they're being honest with themselves hasn't like had something like that in their life like because we can't police them thoughts you know what I mean like that I just think it's so important to like air them ugly thoughts because we all fucking have them and yeah. like it would be really easy for you to feel like loads of shame about something like that because obviously you love Liam but I probably wouldn't be able to tell you this if now I'm not out of it totally like I'm to I'm out of it now do you know like yeah. there's certain things I'm like oh no way amazing I would have loved that but it's cool now do you know mm. but like two years ago I was I was, I was that colour red like mm. no no jealousy's green isn't it no that colour you're my colour yeah yeah our microphones are <laughs> coloured you know like yeah, I yeah. couldn't I couldn't see past it. Do you know what I mean? I kept right. thinking I'm a failure, I'm a failure, I'm a failure, I'm a failure. Every day I'm a failure, I'm a failure, I'm a failure. 
So until eventually, eventually, oh my God, I actually can't speak today. I'm so sorry. I just, we're just making up words. Until <laughs> <laughs> eventually it was that wake up call, I guess. Mm. Or it takes time. Time is an amazing healer. It's just a pity time is full of time. Time is full. I like that. It's, it's a pity. That's good. Because um, I remember one of the things, and I don't know if it was during Fierce Notions or something else that I might have seen you in or was with you in, I can't remember. But like, I always get the sense whenever I see you and Liam together, especially in that scenario when one of you is doing something, especially with Liam, because I think I've seen it more that way, weirdly enough, of like, he is so proud of you whenever he sees you, like doing something, because he thinks you're deadly. I really get that sense, like you both think each other are deadly, which is, I'm sure you both think each other are a sap sometime too, but like, it's real sweet, like it's really lovely. <laughs> we would. That's so funny. No, we would, like we're super proud of each other. Yeah. And I know we are, and I know that sounds off oh, fucking. No, it doesn't, like it's um, tangible, you get that sense you know, of it. It's but gorgeous. I am hugely proud of him. Mm. He's he works his ass off. I work my ass off. Do you know we 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 do good work. I feel, and mm. um, we're both dedicated professional actors. You know, and <laughs> that is so sad. <laughs> but yeah, no, I am. <clears throat> I'm super proud of him. Yeah, I think one of the proudest things for Liam was definitely Dublin Old School. He was just. It, I was so proud for him because he just wanted it so much, and he worked so hard for it. <clears throat> and he was so nervous about playing Dave the Rave. Because he's so well known. Yeah. Do you know? And I, th well, I think he's absolutely killed it. Oh, he did. He was brilliant. He was brilliant. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, he's deadly. So, yeah. It was great. All right. <laughs> let's give it a spin. Move on. All right. Here we go. Number 16. Do you have it? Nope. No worries. The numbers on the bingo balls are getting faded now. So, like, that's how well worn they are. That's amazing. After nearly 100 episodes, yeah. Just have to start making up. Uh, number um, 74. Uh, number <laughs> 16. The question is, oh, I was going to ask you this earlier. This is serendipitous. What kind of a teenager were you? Cool. <laughs> um, what was I like? That was oh. the least cool thing you could have done, I know, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> and if people could see your <laughs> loser hand gesture as well. <laughs> she made, like, finger points at me. Oh, I'm so embarrassed. I was a sovereign wearing hoop uh, Celtic jersey teenager. Wow. I know, yeah. I was like 14. For my 14th birthday, I got a Celtic jersey. I know, to shame. Um, I was kind of... I loved school. Mm. Wasn't very good at it. Right. Right? Um, I would have thought... I thought for years I was stupid because they found out I was dyslexic in the end of fifth year. Mm. So I just thought, I'm an idiot. Yeah. And... It's hard if you're an idiot and you realise you're an idiot. Do you know? But do you know that kind of way? Sure, sure, you sure. You just feel very stupid. I felt very stupid, but I could realise it. So I was compensating in jokes. Mm. I'm, I'm a good joker. Mm -hmm. I'm a bit of a laugher. Do mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Or, mm -hmm. Do you know? I, I'm quick. I'm quick witted at times, and that's what I relied on. Yeah. I relied on a personality to get me through school. Teachers loved me. Couldn't understand why she couldn't get the work done. <laughs> do you know that kind of way? Mm. And um, with great friends, yeah, yeah. No, tell me because like that thing of I, I I like as an adult now, like I I thought about that. Like, was it the kind of thing where like would you be going out to do like say special reading classes or something like that? Like, because I remember in my school, right? Some like kids who had like dyslexia, and I don't even know at the time. Like, I wasn't aware what dyslexia sure, was. None of us knew what it was. No, no one like, knew what it why was. Why are they in the? And they, the school I went to had this glass room, right? This one full glass room where everyone had to go for the remedial class. It's oh. ridiculous, right? So when I went into sixth year, that's when, like, you know, everything kind of blew up and they took me out of Irish and they gave me extra English class. And I remember my first English class in sixth year and I was like, well, I would have been 17. And they were like, okay, write an essay about your summer 
holiday. I was like, she fucking joking me. She having a fucking laugh. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Obviously didn't say that out loud, but you know, a friend of mine, Marzi, I went, she fucking joking us. Like, is this, is this really happening? Am I actually being treated like a tick here? Mm -hmm. Is this what's going to happen? Two of us went to Bachelor and we went to McDonald's. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Because you just, it, it, it's just not good enough. And it wasn't good enough. Mm -hmm. And even when I found out that I had dyslexia, it, it still didn't take away the wounds that were there of feeling, if you tell a dog it's bold, it's going to end up being bold. Right. And then if you say, oh, you're not bold anymore, it's still going to act bold. Mm -hmm. Do you know that kind of way? Yeah. So that's what was happening with me. I was like, like I swapped all my classes. Swapped all my classes. Went from French to art. Never did art before. It's like 50% of it's practical. Better do that. Swap geography to home ec. Ah, sure, it's cooking. I'll be able to do that. Mm. Do you know what I mean? But anything I could do physical, do you know, like obviously their learned part on the other side, the written papers were extremely difficult, but I had to do anything physical to just pass me leaving. Mm -hmm. Like that's what I had to do. But do you know, like it's so funny because obviously like it's one of the things now that I feel like people are starting to talk about how many different types of intelligence there are. Yeah. And obviously you're intelligent in so many ways. What's also amazing is you're also really intelligent in the way that like dyslexia might leave you to feel like that's not like a strength of yours. Now you're a writer. Like, <laughs> but know, isn't that I what a gorgeous, a like what a gorgeous thing the universe has done there. In fact, like something that, because I can only imagine like if that was me, like like there's going to be a bit of shame about that. Like you said, you, you, you thought you were stupid. Oh my God. Like when I started the Lear, God love Paul, one of our teachers, um, <laughs> for first year we had Shakespeare class. Right. Obviously, I had repressed this. It was gone. I was working in retail. I'd completely repressed the fact that I had a difficulty reading. Do you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Absolutely. I ignored it, let's mm. say. Leave and start's done. Don't need to worry about this again. Yeah. And then got into the Lear, which was fantastic. And pretty quickly, people copped on. And also, I was like, I have dyslexia. But I found it very hard to say it without crying. Right. This is really weird at the no. start. Yeah. I found it really hard to say it without crying. Because you feel like th there's something wrong with you. Yeah. Do you know what There's something wrong with you. So... Anyway, we were Paul Mead and uh, he did Shakespeare with us. And I kept crying every class. I mean, hysterically crying mm. every class. I couldn't help it. The words wouldn't go in. I couldn't formulate it. I couldn't I couldn't talk properly. I, could, I couldn't do it. And th th he was so lovely. God, I love him. I'll never forget his little face. Mm. And like, I was just standing there bawling. But I got through it. And that college helped me. Um, him and Gavin, especially Gavin, helped me to realise that this is okay and admit there's a problem and then you can move forward. Mm -hmm. But I had to admit there was a problem to then move forward. And that took about a year. Like That took the whole first year. Yeah. It's, it's so hard to admit there's something wrong here. Totally, and like what, like but like I, I've got to imagine now what a gift that like you were able to do that and like let that go and like that's just one area that you find hard is like you know like and obviously drama school is so hard for that because it's literally exploiting that it's being like here's a thing read it which is like literally the one thing that you're going to find difficult to do well the one thing they can do <clears throat> and it's something sorry excuse me that I think should happen in colleges theatres everywhere is start to print things on yellow paper we can see it easier really and yeah totally yeah. I never knew that it, it's with the white the white is it's, it's too harsh mm. on your eyes but if you print on yellow paper it's much easier. It's just the, the words don't bounce as much. Mm. And if we could just implement that in the gate, the abbey, the lear, mm. that everything is just printed on yellow paper. Oh my God, how simple. How simple. 
How simple? It's so simple. Wow. I should probably go and like start that. <laughs> yeah, get a hashtag going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hashtag yellow paper. Yeah. But it is that simple to do. Do you know? And it makes, and it was Gavin, um, Gavin O'Donoghue, who brought that up to me. And it, it was this simple thing, but it made such a difference. Wow. Oh, yeah. m- m- that, like, that, that'd be really worth like just, you know, penning a letter like on yellow paper to the yeah, gate yeah. and to the abbey and just saying like. I think I will. You yeah. really should because that like, I mean, that is so simple. And if that could like make people. You won't single out anyone in a room. Exactly. Exactly. Do you know? Yeah. And even like if you have to, like if you go to an audition, they're like, can you read sides? Like I've talked to a lot of actors who are dyslexic and you know, we kind of go, did you tell them you are? You don't have to. And I find it easier now to just be upfront about it because I'm not embarrassed about it anymore. Mm -hmm. And also I'm like, nobody else has my imagination. Mm. That's what makes me special. 100%. You know, and I believe that my imagination is really important to me, you know. Um, But you know, someone gives you sides and they're like, actually, can you read this one? If that's just on yellow paper, it's just going to be a lot easier. Yeah. It's just those simple little things that we should be just doing naturally. That should be just beginning. It should be happening in schools. It should be happening in colleges all around the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And do you think that, you know, you talked about how this this year for you has been the year where you started writing and creating your own stuff. Do you think that that like... Well, I first did it. I first devised with, sorry, uh, when I left the Lear, I got into showing a bag with Robbie O'Connor. And we devised a show together, him, myself, and Louise Lowe. Mm. So that was my first... Rebel, Rebel. Rebel, Rebel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Writing. And I remember sending Louise loads and loads of stuff. And she was like, that's lovely prose. It's lovely prose. Where's the action? (laughs) And I was like, what are you talking about action? And she was so brilliant to open my mind to... Louise is brilliant. Mm. To helping me understand how to action things rather than just writing a lovely, long story. Mm. Do you get what I mean? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so first solo writing, yeah. Yeah, and, and but do you think that the, the fact that, like, not that it's taken you long, but the fact that it's taken until this point for you to start writing was connected to some of those feelings of, of shame or whatever about the dyslexia? Yeah. 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 How amazing that you're over now. There's a whole part in this play that I've written at the moment about that. Brilliant. Do you know, like, it's it's obviously not saying it out straight, Ashton O'Mara's annoyed, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. We're upset about this, but, uh, yeah, it's it has, and it took me a very long time to be okay with it I know it sounds mad but it's just school is a really funny thing and it's funny how it sticks to you mm-hmm. and it's funny how that feeling takes so long to go away and when I say I felt stupid I mean it like I failed my junior cert I failed English in my junior cert and I couldn't understand why Yeah. and when I went to the English teacher like she was like oh I'm not surprised mm. you serious? Yeah. you know and people stuff like that sticks mm. I know people think it's a, a passive comment at times in different rooms, but that that really might stick to someone. Yeah. Do you know, so we need to be careful, <clears throat> especially with kids or young adults or anyone really, of what words we pick at times, because something can stick. Mm. Do you know? Totally. No, that's such a, I love that part of our conversation. I'm going to remember that one. That was great. <laughs> All right. Sweet. All right. Let's give another spin. Here we go. Number 12. Do you have it? No. No worries. Number 12, the question is, do you ever wish you were born as the opposite gender? No. <laughs> Love it. No, I don't think so. Yeah, do you know, it's funny. No one I've ever asked. I, I, I wonder, is that a bad question? What do you feel about that question? No, I don't think it's a bad question. I do if you could be a boy for a day, you know, when you were younger, what yeah. would you do? Oh, you know, I'd, I'd go to the boys' dress room, <laughs> you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't think so. I think as a woman, like, you'd be like, oh, wouldn't mind getting rid of me periods. That's annoying once a month. Yeah. <laughs> that, me and my friend are talking about that. It's, that is like, that is 
Oh, we got shafted in like the jeans department and all that jazz. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. Especially periods. I mean, like the one the one thing I'm like, and it, it, it's kind of even I don't know is a taboo to say it, but no, it's an honest thought from my brain. I would love to be able to like have a kid in my belly. I feel like that's a thing. I think that's something that men will miss, and I think it is. Yeah, I think that's kind of hard. Yeah, I kind of get where you're coming from. Yeah, it's not it's not even hard and it's not like a grievance or anything, but like yeah, yeah. if that would be one thing that I think I I I always wonder that is that like where some part of sexism comes from? Is like like cuz that is like the the way we reproduce is so fundamental to like who we are from like way before like even the patriarchy. Like I'm sure the patriarchy had to kind of form around that in a sense because like that is so like, is it just a deep insecurity of men that they're like, well, we can never do that, so we need to suppress this superpower <laughs> that they have? Uh, that's that's a fucking as blind boy. You know what? Say. I wish I wish men thought that deep, or some men thought that deep. Uh, yeah, sure. sure. You know, sure, sure, sure. Uh, if they could, absolutely, I'd be like, well, at least there's thought put into that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> just being I don't prick. think there's a lot of thought put into things sometimes. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a really going good back point. to comments yeah. again. Passing comments, mm. not thinking before you speak. Mm. You know, like this. These are things that comments stick. Mm-hmm. You have to be careful what you say. I feel like, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like you would be a good person if someone said something that you disagreed with. Like you would pull them up on it in the moment. Yeah, I would. It's got me into trouble. I have to say. I'm sure. Yeah, no. Well, not trouble, but I, I'd be headstrong. Uh, yeah. Someone said something that I disagreed with. Someone said something to me. She called me shallow. What did they call me? said we're shallow said a group of girls who were doing a show were, were shallow and I said excuse me I'm not as fickle as you think do you know what I mean and what, what was he referencing it was actually a girl oh. um, she was talking about actors uh, licking up to directors you know like she was it was a very passing comment it was a few years ago and I was like whoa not as shallow as you think mm. everyone kind of went whoa can't believe it and I said no I'm not I'm not having this I'm mm. not having a bar with this mm. don't you dare comment I'm like yeah yeah I would be yeah, no, I mean, I, I think that's a great thing. Like, because it's funny, I it's something that like I have gotten better at, but it's not in my nature at all to like, you know. I don't like confrontation though. Mm. Like, you know, people kind of think because you're headstrong or you're forward that uh, oh, they must love confrontation. Mm. I'm like, no, no, it's actually the opposite. Mm. You always want the opposite. Maybe it's because I'm getting older as well. Do you know, you're kind of that's not worth it. Like sometimes you, so, or sometimes people pass a comment. And you look and you go, they didn't mean that. Yeah. Or they're just young or just leave it. Like, unless it's like a, a dig, then, I, then I'll let it go. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Because some people just say silly things sometimes without thinking. That's the difference in comments, right? Mm. Some people say silly things without thinking um, on the fly or they're unexperienced or they're uneducated in the conversation in which you're having and they'll just throw a comment in. You kind of go, that was a bit weird or that was a bit rude, but... Oh, they actually didn't mean it. Mm-hmm. Do you know? Or sometimes you're like, oh, oh, oh no, you didn't. <laughs> you know yeah, I mean? yeah, 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 yeah. It's just, it depends on what it is. Totally. Because I think like you can, it, like people don't, if you, you can normally sense someone's intention often, you know what I mean? And you're like, oh, they didn't, like if they didn't mean that, totally. cool. And like sometimes, yeah. And it's funny, especially in like in the current climate because there's just so much fucking horrendousness going on that sometimes you do see that like in the public eye even in and out and you see someone say something stupid and you're like oh god like they <laughs> I don't know it's just it's really interesting if, if, if people also want to say things to get noticed mm-hmm. that's what I've noticed lately right people like to say things to get noticed and I'm like why did you say that yeah you know like it's just 
Do you mean like, are you talking about people in the public eye more so? or Public eye, people trying to get in the public eye. Right. You know, like people, people have always been like that in general. Mm-hmm. But when people are just doing it to get insta-famous or... Right. Do you know, you're kind of going, wow. Yeah. Okay. Because did that happen? It's so easy to do it now, I guess, because like you can broadcast all Social your thoughts media. all the time. Yeah. Mm. Do you know, it's, it's mental. Yeah. What what do you how how what's your relationship like to social media in particular like to your career? You, I'm so shit at it. Yeah. Like I should be better at it and like there's some people who are really good at it and some people who do it all the time and I'm like, oh, give it a rest. Mm-hmm. But at the same time I'm like, no, they're right. I probably should be doing this. I'm just in general I'm shit at technology. Look at my phone. Like <laughs> there's no button there. It hardly works. Like like this is a shit phone. Right. <laughs> One of my friends gave me this phone in Vegas a year and a half ago because my phone broke because she brought a spare one. Right? This is that shit. Okay. So I'm in general just really bad. Mm. And I'm bad at like uh, computers. So like I'm, I'm I'm bad at them. Yeah. Do you know? Like I'm just not great at them. So in that way, I can't find the picture to put up or to put the review to find the da, 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 sure. the links and stuff like that. I'm not great at it. Yeah. I think you need to do it. I think we've turned into this new era where we're going tech savvy and popularity is a part of the job which is like it is it's always going to be part of the job really Mm. isn't it I mean it's funny like I I, I, because I put something up on Instagram the other day well like about a couple of weeks ago at this point and it was literally a question it was like oh I think I saw this yeah and like I was just curious because literally like what we're trying to do now it's something I'm trying to work at because I'm like I think people I don't know how people would perceive me, but like I like social media. I really enjoy using Twitter. Definitely, I use Instagram a little bit or whatever. I really like it. And like, you know, having the podcast, it's kind of important, especially mm. for the podcast. But I'm really conflicted in how to use it about like my career. For example, we were chatting about voiceover work. And you know the way sometimes you'll see people and every voiceover they go and do and they'll snap a photo. Yes. And that's great. Like that kind of makes sense because you're letting everyone know like I'm a really capable... Do you know what I do have a pet peeve for? What? When people put up pictures of sides for auditions. Yeah. Because I'm like, girl, boy, you don't have it yet. Yeah. One. And two, I'll be honest, two, I kind of go, is that to boost yourself or is that to kick everyone else in the nuts? Sure. I don't know which one at times. I totally get you. And that's the the one that gets me is when I see a, a self-tape screenshot or something. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Why? I know. That's the that's the only one that I don't get because I'm, I'm kind of, yeah, I don't get that one. Because uh, exactly, because it does kind of just, and it's a, that's a shit thing about being an actor, but it, it does kind of just give you that jolt of being like, oh, I don't have a self tape. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Or like, <laughs> what was that? What are they getting seen for? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is. It's that kind of thing. But it's also like, look, everyone to their own. Totally. I understand that. Um, I think you definitely need social media to promote shows. I think you need them to promote yourself when you're doing work. I think it's the amount of people that come up to me in Blanchetown and be like, geez, you're doing great. Mm. And I'm like, have you seen my work? And they're like, no. On Facebook, you're always busy. So funny. And it's so funny. And you're kind of going, oh, well, so that is actually working then. Yeah. It's actually doing its job then. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's doing its purpose. Yeah, I was in a gig yesterday and um, there was this guy and God bless him, he was lovely, but he was an extra on it. And, and, you know, he just, he was, I don't know, he'd obviously Googled everyone's name who was in the cast and he'd obviously read my bio and he knew loads about it. And so he kept coming up to me and he... um, actually kind of gorgeous it was it was really gorgeous but he kept he kept like quoting things from my bio he's like and you got a first class honours and and you did this and you did that and whatever and I like but it made me feel 
but it made I was feeling real fraudy. It made me feel like a fraud or something or phony because, like I said, like well, the bio's like are, it's true. Like nothing that's on it is I, is a lie. But I guess because like right now you're in a bit of a, a low patch and it's not just career stuff. Well, that's a, definitely a part of it. And you're you know it was so funny though because like that he didn't he didn't know what the my lived experience was. Can now I ask you a question: Were you a day player on this whatever it was? Y- yeah. Cool. So we've. Uh, this is something that's going on in my head at the moment. Right. I've been day players and stuff at the moment. So when people have said congratulations, I've gone, oh no, sure, I'd, it's, it's only small. Mm. We have to congratulate ourselves on these. Uh, yeah. Or we have to enjoy them or, mm-hmm. you know, take the well done. So I'd say you got nervous being like, oh man, why, why are you coming to me? I'm, I'm not the lead. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. And we need to s- stop that. Like this guy really wanted to like congratulate you. And it's, it's a natural nervous thing to go, oh no, thanks a million, see you later. Yeah, yeah. But you need to go, not like, yeah, you're right, I'm deadly. <laughs> of course not. Yeah. But have the conversation, do you know? Does that make sense? No, it does, you're right. Do you know, we have to start doing that. Yeah. Because I've done day players and things and I'm like, oh no, it's only the sort of small part. And then I'm like, Liam, well, mainly Liam's like, what are you talking about? This is a big deal. Like, you know, like, Take the small leaps, you know what I mean? This is your first time doing that. Take the leap or, yeah. you know, like, do you know yourself? Like, so. I know, yeah, I know. But it, yeah, it was, it was just, it, it's funny though, like people's perception of you can be so different to like what you're just feeling internally at that moment. Because like, you know, yeah, like it's just so funny how you can frame things. Even that thing of like with the, so- and maybe that's why this comes relevant under social media. Because like, you know, you could frame your day player thing as like a massive big success you could make it look like way more than that you oh, know totally, what I mean yeah. you could take a picture at the fitting like of the contract of the yeah. day and you can make it look like this big thing or yeah, else you yeah. could just say nothing about it and then you know have the feelings that maybe I was having yesterday it's so funny how like it just enables you to frame your life however way you want I'd be like you I, I remember uh, I was doing something and I took a video of like being in the trailer because well one because it was like this thing for me was really cool yeah I was gonna put it up and then I was like, oh no, I can't. And I don't know why. It's just that's just me mm-hmm. personally because I don't know. I feel like a bit of a fool, but, you, but you're not. Yeah, it's my own thing. It's my own. But it's funny. I, I can actually somewhat answer your question of when people put up those things. What are they doing? Because I literally asked that question, and I hope I have a feeling one or two people thought I was like having a go with people who do. I really wasn't. I was purely just curious. When I asked that question of like, why do we put up? certain things on social media because first of all if you're publicising a show no one questions that because that's how we sell our like fringe shows in Dublin now that's just what you do like 90% of people see it via like Instagram, Facebook or Twitter that's how they sell Abbey shows now as well you're you're so right that's how they sell gate shows as well it's all through social media so no one is questioning that the other responses that came in were some people were like because I'm really lonely in this career and this is a way of letting people, like, I just feel a part of something when oh I do it. Oh my God. Yeah. That's so, sad. Yeah, like, I, I was really struck by that answer. Oh I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. And but it makes sense. I, oh, I totally. I, no, I can I, relate I to it. Yeah. Relate to it yeah. yeah. And, like, other people were, like, because um, sometimes people will write back to it and it, like, feels good to get, like, that positive affirmation. Some people were, like, I want to let people know I'm busy and I'm working mm, and I'm totally. capable. Like, there was such a range. Which also is important and is part of the totally. business as well. Like, it's, yeah. You Some can't be- really answer that question, to be honest. You yeah. can't really know. Some people are like, I just want to chronicle my career. And like, they were all brilliant answers because they were all like true to whatever that person was like, you know, everyone's just doing their best, aren't they? It's a, it's, it's a total personal thing. Yeah. Like, I could change my mind two weeks from now and put up all these pictures. Totally. And you know what? If I do, so what? Yeah. It's my business. Yeah, exactly. Do you know? And if people go, 
Like some people go really bananas about it. And you're like, well, if you're going that bananas about it, you've got some bigger issues than someone putting up a selfie. Totally. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> Yeah, and that is not about them putting up pictures about that. That is about you. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, no, and it's so funny because like I, because I, I can catch like myself a moment. Like I don't maybe necessarily do the thing, but like I definitely like say remember doing like coppers and music, and I was real proud to be in the Olympia. And like you like snap a little photo of on the way into the stage door, and and you just pop it up in your story, and you wouldn't think about it. But like to someone else, that could like they could be like, "Geez, isn't it great that Tom's doing that?" Or it could they could be like, "Geez, I'd love to be doing that." It could like it could mm. give any one person any range of range of emotions and I, it's just it's just fascinating how to navigate it all because it's so oh, new oh totally yeah 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 right let's give it a spin okay let's go enough of all that right here we go number seven do you have it no no worries number seven the question is what is an achievement that you're most proud of sorry <laughs> it's alright it's our question sorry Winning the tile style bursary this year mm. was something that I was so proud of and it meant so much more to me than not than anything, but it it, it, went, it meant so much to me. It was a really proud moment. Mm. Um, what did it represent? It represented that little girl who felt stupid. Yeah. It represented um, anything can happen. Like anything can happen. It really can happen for anyone. Mm. Like, you know, and um, the piece I'm writing is about my own family. Um, it's about my auntie who um, was brought up in an orphanage. And so it meant family and it's an important story. It just meant the world to me. Mm. It really did. What, for people who don't know, and partially myself, what what what, it, what does it actually, what are the day-to-day, what, what is the reality of winning that bursary for you? What, what the reality do you, is, what do you get and what? So you, it's a ten thousand uh, bursary, mm-hmm. and it's for me to write. So what this will do for me is at the end, at the end product of this, I will have a play, um, ready. They're not to it's it doesn't afford it doesn't pay for it to have to be staged, mm-hmm. but I will have a full play ready for um an industry reading. Um, so what it will give me is I'm going to be able to leave my job, I'm going to be able to just focus on this. Great. Because if you want to do really good writing, look, you can write anytime, but if you want to do good writing, you need to give a hundred percent into it. Yeah, it it needs to. You can't have to. You can't work a twenty hour week mm-hmm. and still write a full play. You probably can over years, but mm-hmm. if you want a full full focus, and this be a heavy research piece as well, and I want to get it right. Mm-hmm. No, not that everything gets right, but I do want to. Yeah, I want to get this right. Mm. Yeah, I do. What, um, do, 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 you said it's a piece about family and about a real mm-hmm. story, about your auntie. Yeah. How much have you talked to them about the fact that this is happening? Okay, so we <laughs> I applied for this. Right. And then I asked my auntie ages ago, ages and ages ago, I'd love to write about your life. Um, She grew up in an orphanage in Dublin. And she, my nana had... um her before she got married to my granddad and so she you know she's a kid out of wedlock and she grew up in an orphanage and it's just kind of her life and everything that happened within there mm. and I said it to her ages ago I'd love to do it and I said have a think get back to me so she got back to me and she was like yeah I do want to do it I said cool so I applied for this didn't you know everyone applies for things you don't really think about it mm-hmm. like you know it's done and then I was told I was shortlisted 
and someone rang me to do an interview with me for uh, the independent and I was like whoa okay <coughs> I need to actually tell her this is really happening <laughs> so when I rang her again and told her she was like oh oh okay okay oh, oh okay but I thought I was a finalist I didn't think I'd won because they didn't tell me and then we went to the awards with her and we won and she was delighted she got quite emotional and was like it's really going to happen now I have my voice wow you know, and you're just kind yeah. of like, ah, yeah. Do you know, so and for you to be able to give, be the person to, who, who who's giving that person their voice, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you're going to be able to. I, I guess she has her voice, of course, but you're going to be able to just bring it to a wider audience, I suppose. Yeah, I think if this is happening in my family, it's happening in everyone's family in Dublin. Mm. Not everyone, but it's happening in a lot more families, and I think we felt a lot of shame about things that have happened already, and let's just stop. And like blood is thick, thicker than water. And people can meet back up together. Even if they, even if church and state tried to stop it so badly, mm -hmm. we still can. Mm. And maybe that's what I'm focused on this. Totally. No, it's so gorgeous because my mum's adopted. So like the minute you were talking about that, like it, I automatically am just projecting my own experiences and like no, her I, experiences. Yeah. Yeah. So I think you're totally right. Because once this article came out in um, uh, The Independent, it's about seven or eight people messaged me who I've known oh, over yeah. the years being like, Actually, we have another brother here. We have another this here. And I was like, okay, so this is this is an outpour yeah. that we need to talk about that's not being talked about. Because it's the other side of... We've, we've talked about the Magdalene homes. Not enough, I think, personally. But what's the effect of the babies mm -hmm. that have, you know, that have been brought up in these orphanages in Dublin? Totally. And, you know, yeah, what happened there? Yeah, big time. No, like my mum has an amazing story. And I think it's funny because it's one of them stories that someday I'm like... It doesn't, for whatever reason for me right now, I don't feel like, I'm talking very selfishly about it. I, I don't feel like I, it's right for me to like write about right now. But, I, you know, if, if that was something she'd be open to, which I think she would be like, because mm. it, it, it's, it's a fascinating story. You know what I mean? And yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. But it is. And it's like, it's when you're writing a story for someone like that, because we'll very much make it together. I know we will. Mm. It's, it's, give, it's given voice. It's just given voice yeah. to voices that were silenced. Uh-huh. Do you know, and that's that's important. Really important. Do you know, yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's gorgeous. No, I love it. Right, let's give it a spin. More. Amazing. Oh, I love this. Yeah, we got a couple <laughs> in. Uh, here we go. All right, number fifteen. Do you have it? No, a fourteen. No. No worries. Number fifteen. The really? question is, what are your memories of nine eleven? Wow. Mm. Was in religion. So I would have been twelve. No, I was 13. I was going on 14. Mm. I was in religion and the class just stopped. I remember the Miss Doyle telling us. And I remember walking home from school and it not being like, so I was in secondary, so I was in second class. Right. Second year, sorry. First year, sorry, excuse me, I was in first year. Mm. And we were walking home from school and it was just kind of silent. Do you know? And then I remember getting home, my mom and dad just watching it. That was really kind of it. I remember we got off the Friday for them which this is terrible I can't believe I'm saying this which was the 14th which was, was my birthday mm. and we went mad for a drink because <laughs> <laughs> the day off yeah that's what they would have wanted <laughs> you know <laughs> but uh, as a as a I remember everyone around that time especially my friend's mum buying loads of water buying loads of canned food because she thought the world was ending yeah I remember that mm. being kind mm. of a thing couldn't really comprehend it and understand it because I've no conception of war. I've no understanding of war. Um, growing up in Dublin, you don't really 
we have no understanding of it. Yeah. We're we're not from the north. Um, uh, yeah. You know, we're before uh, that time, really. Before, yeah. Like I've I've no understanding or conception of war. I I, I I've never experienced it. Thank God. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! I can't believe I said it again. Thank my lucky stars. Yeah. Um, Thank magpies. So yeah. So in that way, I remember watching it over and over again, being like, "How is that happening? How mm. could someone be that evil?" That's what I don't understand. Mm-hmm. I think with stuff like that is. Um, I I'm really into World War Two. Mm. I've watched a lot of stuff about Auschwitz, and I can't understand how someone can be that evil. Yeah, and march people to their deaths. I I, I can't comprehend it. Mm. I don't understand, and I've tried to understand why 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 were these Nazis doing it for the greater good? Were they fearful? Do you know, it's kind of the same with with terrorists. You know, like what what is the what what is it? How do you think that's right? Yeah, yeah. What is that doing? Mm-hmm. Do you know? Yeah, like I mean, it wa- when you think about it, it was like it really was scary. Like it's life changing. Uh, yeah, or like I remember, you know, flying. I was flying to London or something with my dad. One of the next few weeks, we were going to see a match, and it was my first ever time going to see a football match. Oh. And I remember flying on the plane and just being terrified. And I wasn't a good flyer anyway because my mom was really afraid of flying, and I kind of picked that up from her. Yeah, yeah. And so I wouldn't have been great. We'd only flown like a handful of times. I think we'd gone on holidays twice at that point, maybe right. And um. But just being really afraid, and like I remember, we were flying in the morning, and it was dark, and there was a uh, there was a light in the distance, and I like woke my dad up. He was asleep in the plane, so I was like, "Dad, dad, I think it's terrorist." And he was like, "No, that's just the light from the wing of the plane." But like, I was so scared, like, and even I don't know what. But I, I also don't think people talked about it properly. No, probably not. I think that was it. It was it was the lack of conversation around it because people didn't know what was going on. Yeah, exactly. And and the fear just overrode mm-hmm. there was this massive fear that just started to land with everyone going okay we're not invincible and you know and bad things still happen in the world which they are anyway but you mm. know we were ignoring I know yeah because well, yeah, I suppose we were so removed from it at that point because obviously like the troubles in Northern Ireland had been like so traumatic for, for people but like we probably just were but born it wasn't fully my generation no not fully no do you know and yeah, so we like just missed it, and then like a natural mean, ignorance to something then because you don't know it totally, and then stuff happening in the, in the Middle East for whatever reason like just doesn't connect in the same way because it's it's far away and it's reported on differently and all. But yeah. when something happens in like New York, the center of the world, like yeah. where we get all our pop culture from, everything comes from there. It's yeah. like oh fuck, this is real completely. And it was like even when you look at like even when you watch the images of the bill, oh, mm. it's, it's it's terrifying. Yeah, it's terrifying. And you're right, I did the same thing. You'd be getting on a bus and, you know, you just look at someone. Are they shifty? Oh, I better get off the bus. The bus is going to explode. Do you know, like all these mad things started happening. Yeah. Because your mind starts playing tricks all the time. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, like I remember full on like going on, on that airport at, on the plane and like looking for people of colour because that was my understanding. It was like from that moment, it was like, oh, well, these guys were, were, were from somewhere in the Middle East. So I was looking for for black people, for people that just aren't the same colour as me. And like, it's just a lack of education of totally. understanding it. You yeah, know? exactly. Whereas now you're like, oh, well, I mean, like people from like, you know, from Dublin, from uh, from wherever, like, you know, committed terrorist acts in our own country and stuff like, yeah. terrorism isn't about colour, it's about like, it's about, as you said, like, it's about beliefs and it's about politics and it's about yeah, yeah. people thinking that that's the best solution. I mean, rightly or wrongly, yeah, whatever the fuck it is. Yeah, so. It's so complicated and I'm so... 
not educated in it that I, I feel like I couldn't really get into it. I totally agree. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, let's give it one more roll. Yeah, then. okay, yeah, yeah. All right, here we go. Let's no, be a happy one. Let's be a happy one. Oh, fuck, it's going to be miserable now. <laughs> Number 28, do you have it? No. No worries. Oh, this is actually a lovely way to finish. Um, okay. Well, or, but not necessarily, but it's about love, so that's nice. Yeah. Love at first sight, do you believe in it? No. No. <laughs> Just ruin it. No, I mean, no, I don't. No, I think you can. Mm. Hmm. Love at first sight. I presume it can happen for some people, but I think for me, I'd actually need to get to know someone a bit. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Because I fall in love with a personality. I fall in love with somebody who makes me laugh. Right. I think you can fall in love at f- first sight as well with friends. Yeah. More so than lovers. Mm-hmm. Uh, like um, the girls I'm working with at the moment, like Danny, the first time I met Danny. I was like, that girl's cool. I love her. Yeah, me too. I'm right? Uh, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now, like, she's my best friend. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think you can fall in love at first, or you get a feeling mm. with someone when you meet them. Mm. Um, As in, like, oh, we're going to be pals. Yeah. Do you know that kind of way? Yeah. Like, I think that can happen a lot. But I think to fall in love with someone and going to be with you forever, first sight. I don't know. Yeah. My mom and dad said they fell in love at first sight. Wow. Fascinating. Yeah. So like and like they've obviously told you the story like what oh the story is like <laughs> this is gas he says she fell at his feet at a, at a dance okay she says he tripped her up <laughs> wow right <laughs> amazing like, if I'm half as happy as my mum and dad in life I'll be like golden do wow. you know what I mean they are so in love mm. it's amazing mm. but like that's what I'm very lucky that I had that to always look at and they're just so happy together that that's always been my surroundings. And love has always been a very happy thing to me. Uh-huh. It's never been a, a scared thing or, you know, like a... So I've never had to romanticise love because I've been around it. Mm. I just... I, it's a feeling and it's, it was visceral and I grew up in a house full of love. Yeah. So I've been really, really lucky in that way. Yeah. A oh, big time, big time. And I mean, yeah, but it makes so much sense because I think you're right, like about that first time you see someone like... And I, it's funny because... I'm really trying to trust it more now because like that, your instinct about someone, like it's almost always right. And not even necessarily romantically, but as you said, just even romantically, yes, but also like in terms of just people, like friendships or whatever, or people that you, you don't want in your life either. You know what I mean? You, yeah, you yeah. meet someone and you're kind of like, huh, huh. Uh, you, you, <laughs> yeah. you, get, you get a feeling yeah. and you're just like, and it's not necessarily about them, it's just like, I don't my, know. One of my best friends, Marzi, uh, we met when we were 14. We didn't know each other's first names for like two or three weeks. We called each other Skinny because our PE teacher had called us fat. So we just kept going, hey, Skinny. Hey, Skinny. <laughs> and like she <laughs> she just knows what I'm thinking. Right. More so than Liam would ever know what I'm thinking. Like yeah. She knows what I'm thinking. Like Danny would also know what I'm thinking. Like Sarah Mars probably know what I'm thinking. Like, you know, like friends of mine, mm. these girls, like just know what I'm thinking. Mm. Do you know? And I think that's this kind of when you first meet someone you gravitate to them Yeah, you don't realise how but you end up sitting beside them and then you end like Meg Healy working with her at the moment first day we met each other the two of us were like ah hello y- yeah. <laughs> I mean end up going for a drink together and we just gravitated same with Camille actually the show I'm on now with the four girls even Kira as well we, like and Olivia we all just kind of gravitated yeah. to each other which is great. Yeah, no, and I totally get that because like I would I would feel like to a degree I would gravitate towards all them people as well. You know yeah. what I mean? It's funny and yeah, I mean even yeah, Sarah Morris. Like I don't really know Sarah terribly well, but every time I meet Sarah, I only met her like in April or something. 
every time I see her, I'm like, oh, she's wonderful. I need to like, <laughs> I have her down to come and do this at yeah. some point because I think she'd be great. But I'm, yeah. I mean, it's just funny. Yeah, sometimes you're just like, oh yeah. Yeah, you gravitate to people naturally. Like, you mm. know, and, like I'm very lucky. Like I have really good friends. Like I gravitated to Amy, gravitated to Katie. Like, you know, you just kind of, gravitate to these people because sometimes you do shows and you're like right okay cool see you later guys I had a ball yeah but um murder crows i made best friends out of that mm-hmm. which was like oh cool yeah okay cool you can't make best friends out of these things <laughs> yeah you know yeah I mean? yeah yeah like it's just really important in that way so yeah so love at first sight for me is more for friendships mm. yeah what a fucking great answer <laughs> ash this has been deadly thanks so much for doing it Thank you. I've um, had a ball. Yeah. I was real nervous at the start. Were you? Oh, I, yeah, with, totally. I didn't tell. It's been like flawlessly good. It was been great. Um, would you do me a favour? Because I know you've got some... Obviously, you're in the middle of... Um, we can't have monkeys in the house yeah. right now. Uh, I'm going to be into it tonight or tomorrow. Yay. I just need to sort my shit out. I can't wait to see it. Um, uh, but that's not all. You've got stuff coming up in the new year. So you want to talk a bit about that? Yeah. So, um, first fortnight, uh, I have a show in it in Smock Alley from the 6th to the 12th of January. It's called Nothing But A Toe Rag. It's a two-hander. Um, I developed this nearly two years ago with the Axis. Well, in the Axis. And um, they were amazing to me. And we did two nights and work in progress and I got really good feedback from it. And now I'm putting it on fully. Um, it's me and Danny Galligan are starring in it with Amelia Clark-Stewart directing it. And it's by my new company called Taking the Biscuit. Brilliant. I love it. <laughs> oh, amazing. I got real scared there. Where's it on? Oh, sorry. It's in Smock Alley in the boys' school. Smock Alley. 7.30. Boys school. And it's about alpha females and it's set in a prison. And it's who is, what's what's the power struggle there or who who owns the power? And then it's, it's really funny and then it's really dark. It's a bit mad and it's a bit sad. Great. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It sounds right from your brain. Yeah. I love it. It's great. It is right from my brain. Yeah, literally. No, brilliant. Amazing. Um, Ash, uh, thank you so much for playing personality thank bingo. Thank you. I've had a ball. <laughs>
Alan Bennett and Paddy O'Leary for having us aboard the Head Stuff Podcast Network. As you're going to hear throughout the episodes over the coming weeks, there are now ads for the other podcast popping up all over the place. So if you're enjoying this podcast, go and check out one of the amazing other podcasts. Um, a particular shout out to my friend Kevin Olihan, whose new storytelling podcast is just begun on the Head Stuff Podcast Network. Um, I checked out the first episode of that about the Giants Causeway, and it's absolutely brilliant. He's a top quality performer and storyteller, uh, and it's produced really beautifully. So I really recommend you go and check that out too. Um, in other news, what is your news? Yeah, we're getting ever so close to our 100th episode um, and I'm really working hard to try and secure a special guest for that. We'll certainly get something uh, something cool going. So um, look, we're at 100 now, um, more or less. So if you've been listening this far, thank you so much. And if you want to pass it on to a friend, that means the world to us. Help spread the word about personality bingo because um, really enjoy doing them for you. And uh, I think you uh, enjoy them you haven't heard them already. So keep spreading the gospel of personality. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Tune back in next week for another episode.